Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, February 16th, the Valentine's Ick edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make a different show. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I am the dad to Noah, who is five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's six. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nearly 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Today, we have a letter from a parent who really hates the pomp and circumstance around kids celebrating Valentine's Day. Since we all just went through this rigmarole, we figured it would be a good time to debrief and talk about if the holiday should be celebrated at school and how to make it more tolerable, since our opinions will not shift the culture instantaneously. So that would be kind of cool. We also have triumphs and fails on deck for you. Then, if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to be talking about the most Googled thing last Sunday. That's right. We'll be talking about the frenzy around Rihanna's pregnancy announcement. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. And so the other mom and I go into this whole speech about postpartum bodies. Rihanna gave birth less than a year ago. You know, like she's been honest about the fact that she's not doing the whole snapback thing. But every group chat I was in was exploding with, is Rihanna pregnant? You know what I mean? Like all at the same time. As a Slate Plus member, you will get a whole bonus segment from us each week, zero ads on any Slate podcast, and you get unlimited access to the Slate website. Plus, it truly is the best way to support this show. So I hope you'll join us if you can. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. Okay, we're going to dive into our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Jamila, what's going on with you? So I, I definitely have a fail this week. I just want anyone, like, I don't think if anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time could have this idea of me in mind, but you know, you think of like, I don't want to say she's stereotypical or mythological. She's both, but like 
the idea of the black mom is this really tough, no stuff taken person, you know, like that is not me. I take stuff, you know, I take a lot of stuff. And I took some stuff from Naima yesterday and I don't know quite how to feel about it. We were having an okay morning and then it was time to do her hair and she was displeased with the style. Again, this is a recurrent theme. This time she'd set it in, like she'd twisted it the night before and taken the twist down and like it made it kind of curly, but like she didn't like how the curls looked and she said she looked like a boy and she was just like all in her feelings and just bad attitude and like stumpy and not okay. And I can't remember the conversation on the way to school, but like when I get her to school, she won't get out the car. She's like, I'm not going. Like she refused to go. She was like, I'm not going. I look like a boy. I'm not going. I just thought of Naima as more progressive than this. You know what I mean? Like she has this sometimes androgynous style of dressing. So I didn't really expect her to, you know, like, but I guess she wants her hairstyles to be very girly. Um, And she just like, long story short, I just brought her back home. Like I gave up. You know, like, cause I just genuinely in that moment, like I didn't even have it in me. Like, you know, my instinct was to get out the car and come to the back door and open it and like, young lady, get out of that car. And I just was like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. So I just brought her back home and like she read and we baked the cake and she took a mental health day, you know? And like, part of me thinks that she needed it. But the other part of me is like, this can't set, like, and I've given Naima mental health days before. Like we've talked about this before. Like I'm a, I believe in like missing school and work sometimes, but this can't set a precedent. Like she can't just like make a habit of refuse. Like next time I have to get out the car, you know what I mean? Like she yeah, can't make a yeah. habit of like refusing to go to school. Like that's crazy. And like, I haven't told anybody about it. Like I'm going to talk to my therapist and her therapist about it. And I look forward to those conversations because like, I know for a lot of people, the idea, like, what do you mean she didn't go? Like, what? You know, like, ah. Well, anyone who's judging you, I hope their child demands <laughs> to not go to school. <laughs> then they can see what it really feels like. I definitely pulled this when I was a kid. Really? I remember it. I remember the outfit I was wearing. Wow. Yeah. You just make up your mind and you're not going to budge. And it sounds like she was just holding real steady. And I think you made the calculated choice. I mean, what was the alternative? The alternative was to, like you said, what, scream, you know, open the door, pull her out, possibly humiliate her right in front of her school. Like, I get it. I totally get it. I really didn't have many options. Yeah. There's certainly no good one in that choice, right? Like, either way, I think you would have walked away feeling bad about what had happened. Yes, for sure. Elizabeth, what about you? Okay, well, first, I, after last week had a conversation with Jeff and decided that um, our gym offers like a evening yin yoga, which I, I joke is nap yoga, but I really like going. It's like quiet. It's very mindfulness-based. It's some stretching. They offer it twice a week. And I had been like going and I have some friends that go, but it's always kind of like week dependent. And I just decided I'm going to go. Like this is the thing that I do on Tuesday and Thursday nights and that that the whole family is just going to have to flex to make that happen. 
And I went last week, both Tuesday and Thursday, and it was like life changing just to have that time for me and some friends meet me there usually, which is nice. So that's that is like the personal I'm checking back saying I'm going to do this. Yes. I'm going to continue to just make this a priority. Good for you. That's good. I actually, funnily enough, I have kind of a similar, like, I can't figure out if it's a fail or triumph for the week in that we went up to the mountains this weekend to do all these fun winter activities. And one of the options on Sunday was for Jeff to go skiing. And Teddy really loves to ski. Every time we take him, he has a good time. The ski season is like short and it's, you know, he only fits in his gear for so long. So it feels like because we have this, anytime Jeff goes, Teddy should go. So we just sort of made the decision that Teddy was going to go. And he was like, I don't want to go. You know, we were trying to like investigate, why don't you want to go? Did something happen? Do you not like the way this feels? But he's six and is like, I, you know, I only want to ski two runs, like, like insane stuff. So we just decided, okay, he's going to go. He, of course, Teddy had a great time, um, didn't want to leave when it was time to go, just loved, you know, getting to ski some one-on-one time with Jeff. But I think I'm like so stuck in this, like we knew he would have a good time and we made the choice for him. But I also want the kids to have like buy-in in what they're doing and be able to tell us when they don't want to do something. And I feel like in some sense we we violated that. And also about like moving forward in the future, when to listen to them and when to just make them go. I don't know. That ski gear is expensive. I get it. Yeah. And he had a great time. <laughs> he had so much fun. Yeah. I think uh, it's easy for a kid to say, I'd rather be here in my house wearing socks, like on my iPad or reading. Like it's so easy to. Yeah. Like status quo. Yeah. So I think to, to push him to go is completely reasonable for the age that he is. I agree. Especially especially knowing that he has so much fun each time. How about you, Zach? Okay. Big rite of passage in the Rosen household. Noah lost a tooth, her first tooth. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yay! And not only did she lose her tooth, she literally lost it. We don't know where it is. Because <laughs> she was playing oh. in the basement with her friend. And they were horsing around, I guess, and it got knocked out. It was very loose, so it's not like uh, it, it wasn't unexpected. But she came upstairs, and she was like, just like glowing and bashful, just like, "Dad, I lost my tooth!" And she just can't stop smiling and showing people, and it's like so sweet. Maybe we'll find the tooth like next week or in like ten years. It's gonna be fun when we do find it. It's gonna be like a moment. But the thing that I wanted to talk about is the Tooth Fairy. I was going to ask, which, are you doing the Tooth Fairy? So um, we didn't talk much about it. We just kind of assumed that, sure, like, why not? And a little background, I think partly because we're Jewish. Early on, Noah and I had a, a frank conversation about Santa. She asked me, and I was just like, no, Santa isn't real. She's kind of a pretty worldly five-year-old, I think. I think she's, like, pretty mature for her age. And, you know, we talk about death and, like, I don't think of her as a naive kid, but like, of course she is. She's five. And so anyways, like I didn't say anything to dispel the tooth fairy myth. And she went to sleep that night knowing like, "Ah, maybe the tooth fairy will come because that's what we led her to believe. Of course, um, because everyone's sleeping so well now, I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. Neither did Shira. We we completely forgot to wake up. Um, What are we supposed to set our alarm? 
to put a dollar under her pillow? I guess so. I guess that's what a good parent would do. We failed to do so. And then in the morning, I realized, oh, no, we forgot to tooth fairy it up in her room. So uh, I think when she was like brushing her teeth or something, I snuck in there and slipped a dollar under the pillow. And then like an hour later, I was like, oh, no, did the did the tooth fairy come? Then she went upstairs and was so excited to find the dollar bill. Uh, and I kind of in the back of my head assumed like she knew that it was me. And then the next day she was at my mom's house and they were talking. I wasn't there. This was relayed to me by Shira. And Noah asked my mom, she's like, do you think the tooth fairy is real? And my mom said, I don't know, Noah, what do you think? And then Noah said, I think so. Who else could it have been? <laughs> and so as wise as I think my five-year-old is, like, it still has not occurred to her that it could be us. And I just find that so adorable. That's so lovely. That is such an exciting time. We did move the tooth fairy partially because the Dutch do things differently to the window. They put their teeth on the window. <laughs> it makes it way easier to change out the money than under the pillow. Uh-huh, I'm like, who came uh-huh. up with under the pillow? They're sleeping. Yeah, that's there. playing with fire. Come yeah, on. Fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they put it on like a windowsill? You just yeah. leave it your tooth out on a windowsill? Yep. They uh-huh. keep their teeth in the Netherlands too. So my kids are obsessed with keeping their teeth. So they just get essentially paid for them. And whether... Some families will do like a fairy or a little mouse or there's all these different things and some just pay for their teeth. And, you know, Henry is now almost 11. And when he just lost a tooth, it fell out. He was basically like, "Um, can I just have my money? (laughs) We were like, yeah. (laughs) Like, no, like there was just no conversation. He was just like, my tooth fell out. Do I get a dollar? We're like, yeah. (laughs) Here you go. Where do they keep their teeth now? So in the Netherlands, they have these little (laughs) boxes that open and all of your teeth go in there so the plan was to do that what has happened though is the kids have like taken them out and so much like you there are probably teeth all over the (laughs) house house. um you know henry is our most organized so his are in the proper box i oliver has lost most of his like (laughs) you know whatever is it like a sanctioned box like a box they have a box that has each of the teeth and so you put it in oh like a little slot for yeah, each it's like a slot and then oh, it closes wow. and Whoa. then you have your mouth wow I yeah like, there you go i like learning about this I, i'm actually curious if you have a, a different tooth fairy tradition rooted in some other culture or place i'd love to hear about it let us know at mom and dad at slate.com well on that note we're gonna go take another quick break see you back here for our listener question This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's time for our question, which is being read, as always, by the fantastic Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, I have a five-year-old who is in kindergarten. He's absolutely enthused about Valentine's Day at school. I'm not. Don't get me wrong, I like the day. My husband and I have always celebrated, and we have celebrated between the three of us with cards and chocolate. But my son became obsessed with picking out cards for his class and his friends outside of school. He's at a stage where he loves doing cards for everyone and is pretty affectionate and sensitive. We have spoken with him about how Valentine's Day isn't the only day you can show your love and how showing love can come in different forms, not just cards. I'm having an inordinate amount of angst and annoyance surrounding celebrating Valentine's Day at school. I'm not a Scrooge. I adore gift-giving but this is grinding my gears. It feels like more work for the parents and so extra. Also, they're potentially setting kids up for disappointment if what they get didn't match their expectations. I know I can't save him from disappointment forever, but I'm already dealing with very hurt feelings stemming from kindergarten friendship rejection. He can sense my ambivalence and annoyance. I don't want to yuck his yum, but what should we do about this holiday going forward? Signed, Valentine's Scrooge. What do you guys think? You know, I, I'm i a little bit of a Valentine's Day Scrooge, too. Um, I feel you. You know, don't yuck his yum entirely. Like, don't rain all the way on his Valentine's Day parade. But do let him know that not everyone takes the holiday super seriously or really gets into it at all. And some people love it and some people don't. And so there will be kids who bring gifts, you know, they bring cards and candy to school and there'll be kids who don't. So try to maybe focus on like a universal card, you know, like a cute card that you can make for everyone um, or maybe handmade cards as opposed to personalizing or having special cards for special people, you know, like everyone in the class is getting the same thing and that's fine and it's nice and it's an expression of affection for you, but we're not, you know, going out of the way to pick out special cards for individual friends or do anything like that. We counted out the same amount of candy for every, you know, she went to do she did a couple extra pieces for like her closest girlfriends you know but like even with that I was like no I'd really rather you know just every kid get the same thing Teddy wasn't even allowed to put names on his this year he had to write either to you or to friend I think (laughs) to eliminate like I love that handing out in the (laughs) classroom you know like just drop one in every bag people (laughs) is that the policy 
of the three children, they all had totally different rules. So yeah, yeah, Teddy's was no names, just your signature. And if you were going to write to, it either had to be to you or to friend. And then we couldn't do any food or candy. And then um, Oliver, who's in a small Waldorf class, he had to hand make something, but it didn't have to be Valentine's theme. They were just, for the last few weeks, have been talking about handcrafting something for each child, but there's only 10 of them. So that, you know, was easy. And he's been working on that. And it's been more the focus on like the, the... making something for your friends versus like this day give something and then henry's school is not doing anything at all like they were like we are not celebrating valentine's day but he's in an older class right like he's the youngest they're in a class that is um fifth through eighth and so i think the teacher there is just like there are too many potentials for problems um so we're just not gonna do it does naima's class have a policy I wasn't aware of one this year. Like, I remember one year thinking that she couldn't hand out candy and she could, and we felt bad because we didn't have any. So I don't think they sent anything home this year. So I just sent, you know, we put, we bought a few bags of candy and put them in smaller, zip, you know, like in Ziploc bags um, with a few pieces each. And we didn't buy cards because we waited until yesterday to go looking for these things. And the cards they had were so whack. I was like, just handing this out to say you handed it like just give them candy they want candy you want candy everybody wants candy you know like the Mm -hmm. cards are not that you know since we weren't going to get into hand making them this year which i always think is super nice and sweet but i also don't think we've ever done it but in my mind i'm always like oh yeah we should just make these cards from scratch It's so much work like how many kids are in naima's class 19 yeah i mean because doing the 10 was a lot of work like a lot of work with with oliver I'm so torn always because I love hand making things and getting to send things in because that's my jam and I like doing it. But I never want the kids to feel like if someone else didn't do it, that there is some kind of disappointment, right? Because I also think it does set this up for like, if you don't have the resources in terms of money, but also in terms of time to put something together, like I would think that that is very frustrating to feel like your kid's going to be excluded or you're letting someone down or, you know, when you're, when everybody is doing the best that they can. And I think having your kids start to understand that is hard, but important. Yeah. I think um, Valentine Scrooge is bringing up a much larger struggle of being a parent is like, we can't control the rejection that our kids may or may not face. You know, like this is, I think this is going to be one of the hardest things. This is something that I'm dreading. Like, you know, Noah, like asking a kid for a friend date to Noah asking someone out when she's older. Like they just, we just need to show them how much we love them. And that like the world is can be hard. Like, and having those conversations about like, yeah, we're not going to always get what we want. We're not going to get what we expect. We're not going to get what we give. And I really like your focus, Liz, on, let's do this thing because it's really fun and it's a fun it's fun to create it's fun to watch people receive our stuff but like if you don't get a valentine's from you know tommy that doesn't equate to how lovable you are as a person and it it may not even equate to tommy's love of you right Mm -hmm. or his friendship with you it could have Mm -hmm. we we don't know that it's a rejection in the sense of like i chose not to do this Mm -hmm. Because I think this puts so much 
effort on the parents, it may be that they just didn't get to it or that they can't right. get to it. It's or just that, that they, Tommy's mom works, uh, works at night. Yeah, or they don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Like, there are a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with you. And I think yeah. to assu- if you go through life assuming that everything that, like, doesn't meet your expectations is a result of someone like disliking you that's a really <laughs> hard way to go through life it's rough yeah yeah naima school goes up through fifth grade so i would imagine like i wouldn't like let the lower grades do it and not let fifth grade do it but i wouldn't celebrate valentine's day with middle schoolers you know like i think right. once kids get to that age where they're starting to express interest in each other which i mean starts younger and younger it seems but you know like where it's really a thing. I just think the stakes are just way too high to have kids being encouraged to, you know, shower each other with presents and like, oh my God, like I feel so bad for these high school kids because now there's social media and these like, you know, I think about the promposals, you know, and as a girl who would have not gotten anything like that, that stuff feels really bad. You know, I think the problems with so much of what we do on Valentine's Day is that it's so public and it's very easy personally to feel left out or that you're left behind and also then for other people to 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 make assumptions right i mean there's so many things even if you get them and you get them from someone that you don't like or so i think it brings all of that to the forefront which is tricky at these ages anyway and it makes us kind of do it performatively at school yeah i mean i'm i'll speak for myself i would be thrilled if it was just eliminated from from schools it would make things so much easier so much less fraud and like it's also like a, a time to remind our kids that like we shouldn't wait for one day of the year to tell people how much they mean to us you know like we don't need this dumb holiday to tell our friends that we love them let's do that any day well valentine scrooge we hope the day went okay the rest of you let us know how valentine's day went for you write us at mom and dad at slate.com or leave us a voicemail on our new fancy hotline, 646-357-9318. And finally, don't forget to send us your favorite family food memories and the family recipes that have nourished you over the years. You can email us, or better yet, just call the hotline, 646-357-9318. We want this number burned into your brains. 646-357-9318, and tell us your family food story. That's it for our show. We're going to be off on Monday because of the holiday, but we'll be running a fun episode from our sister show. So there will be some fresh content in the feed for your listening entertainment. We'll see you back here next Thursday. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus